Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. This is where Jesus calls Levi, or Matthew, his disciple. And if you're following real closely, you might notice that we're skipping over a couple sections. That's because we're in a stretch of Luke that is very, very similar to the parallel texts in Matthew and Mark, which we've already done devotions for. So if you want to hear about Jesus cleansing a leper or Jesus healing a paralytic, you can find that in Matthew 8 and 9 or Mark 1 and 2. And we did devotions on all that in episodes 486 and 491 and 595. This text of the calling of Matthew is also paralleled in Matthew chapter 9 verses 9 through 13 and Mark chapter 2 verses 13 through 17. And we did devotions on those two texts in episodes 492 and 596. But what I'm going to talk about from this text today is different from what I covered there. And so let's start off by just reading the whole text. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 27. After this, that is after Jesus healed a paralytic, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. This isn't what I'm planning to talk about, but notice that Levi leaves everything just like the fisherman did who Jesus called earlier in the chapter. These are the kind of guys Jesus wants following him in his inner circle circle, guys who are going to drop everything and prioritize him and what he calls them to do. And as I said the other day, we should be the same kind of people. Verse 29, And Levi made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So you might remember when we read the parable parallel texts of this scene from Matthew and Mark, that Matthew's intentionality is being lifted up here as an example that we should consider following. When Matthew becomes a follower of Christ, he doesn't just quit hanging out with his non-believing friends who are kind of scoundrels. Rather, he brings Jesus into his relationships with those people for the sake of introducing them to him as well. It's something that every one of us who are followers of Christ can do, and we should think creatively about how we can pull that off effectively in the spheres that we run in. I mentioned that in one of the previous devotions, so that's not what I'm here to talk about primarily. What I want to focus on is a very specific detail in Luke's account that's not included in the other two. By the way, that doesn't mean that the other two contradict Luke's account. It just means that he's adding a nuance that the others didn't add, and it's a nuance that we ought to pay attention to. After all, every word in Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching us something. Here's the very last verse of that text. Jesus says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In Mark's account, the last verse says this, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And that's pretty much what the last sentence in Matthew's text is as well. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So what's the difference between Luke's account and the other two? Did you catch it? Let me read it one more time. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke adds the words to repentance. And this might be a small detail that we could easily blow over, but I think there's significance to what Luke is saying that we ought to implement into the way we think about how we reach our non-believing friends with the 
the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I think sometimes Satan loves how vague we are about topics related to faith. I'm always challenging or correcting my kids not to just refer generically to God. I believe in God. I love God. I follow God. But to be specific and name Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ. I trust Jesus Christ. I follow Jesus Christ. My reason for that nitpicky correction is that the term God is very generic. Muslims could say they believe God. They follow God. They trust God. Deists could say they believe and trust and follow God. A significant majority of people in the world could say they believe and trust and follow God. But what God are we talking about? The only God that matters is the one true God. The God who offers to reconcile us to himself through Jesus Christ. Satan doesn't want us naming and clarifying that. He'd rather we just be vague. In the same way, for introducing our non-believing friends to Jesus, if we keep it too vague, can be a problem. In Matthew and Mark's text, Jesus said, I've not come to call the righteous but sinners. Luke nails it down a little bit more clearly. And I'm not criticizing Matthew and Mark for not including this. I'm not criticizing the Holy Spirit for not inspiring them to include it. But I am saying the detail that Luke includes is important for us to consider. He says, I've not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. So we're not just generically calling sinners to Jesus. Unless we understand that what we mean by that is that we're calling sinners to Jesus through repentance. So what's repentance? Repentance comes from a Greek word that is metanoia. It means to turn around. And that's predicated on the idea of changing your mind. The notion behind repentance is a little bit more specific and clear than just the notion behind being called to Jesus. Repentance suggests that those who don't know Christ are headed the wrong direction and they think the wrong way. Can you sense Satan getting a little antsy right now? He don't like people who don't know Christ being told that they're wrong. Neither does our culture or the non-believing world, by the way. But it's important for us to be clear about this. If you trust Christ like I do, in our natural condition, we were headed the wrong way and we needed to abandon the wrong thoughts that had us moving in the wrong way and repent so that we could put our faith and trust in Christ. Now, fortunately, that's something that the Holy Spirit does in us. We're not capable of doing that ourselves, but the Spirit compels us to, and by God's grace, those of us who trust Christ have been obedient to that. In the same way, our non-believing friends can't just be introduced to some general vague Jesus. It's a specific Jesus who requires people to acknowledge their sin and turn to him alone for the righteousness and the forgiveness that is required for them to be in relationship with God, to spend eternity in heaven. There's that old saying, the devil is in the details. I would suggest in this case that the devil hates the details that I'm mentioning and he loves the vague generalities that and he loves the vague generalities that allow people to believe just enough about Jesus so that they feel like they're okay, but not too much so that they would actually correctly view their need for him and put their faith in him. When we're praying for our friends who don't know Christ, let's pray that they come to true repentance, that they receive the gift of salvation that is only available through faith in Christ. And let's also ask the Lord to give us opportunities to follow Matthew's example of effectively hanging out with non-believers in a way that allows them to see Christ in us and be inspired to follow him. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast which is aired on stations around the world since 1936 and where you can listen to our conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives. 
the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.